Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. Welcome back to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings. And again, February is Love Your Body Month. And so I wanted to let you guys know that I have some very special guests who run nonprofits across the country and people that I think are really, really special because they do a lot and they give a lot. I'd like to introduce you to my friend Joanna Candell, who runs the Alliance for Eating Disorders. Hi, Joanna. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having having me and the Alliance on today. Yeah, would um, just tell us uh, what's your tell us your name and tell us the name of your organization and what you guys do. Absolutely. So um, my name is Joanna Candell. I'm the founder and CEO of the Alliance for Eating Disorders Awareness. We are a nonprofit organization dedicated to outreach, education, early intervention, and advocacy of eating disorders. Um, we were founded in October 2000, um, and I actually founded the Alliance after a 10-year struggle with um, with various types of eating disorders. I call myself a very non-discriminatory eating disorder person because <laughs> you name it, and I did it along the way. That's funny. Um, but um, Not really. I mean, but, you know. But totally, yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, luckily, I've actually... Um, I've been recovered for 17 years, and I just really, really wanted to give back and make a difference and really speak to that seventh grade me who felt like she didn't deserve to take up space or to even exist. Um, So I I moved back home to South Florida, and in October of 2000, I founded the paperwork to start the Alliance. And um, we do everything from community outreach. So we go into the schools, we speak to um, upper elementary all the way up to postgraduate, including medical schools, dental schools, um, therapeutic schools. Uh, We do a lot of community of other community outreach, like doing um, advanced um, provider education. So we go into doctors' offices, nurses, dentists, uh, hospitals, and we train them on how to properly identify, um, diagnose, and refer eating disorders. Because so often our our primary care providers, our first responders, aren't given the opportunity to get the education they need to be an ally for individuals that are struggling. So we want to give them enough information so that at least they know what they're looking for and where to send people. Um, in addition, um, at, at our home base in South Florida, we offer six free support groups. We do a whole lot of advocacy across the country. Um, in fact, I had the honor of serving as president of the Eating Disorders Coalition for the past four years, and we um, had such a celebration at the end of last year, we were able to pass the first piece of legislation ever on eating disorders. So we were really excited about that. Uh, yeah, um, actually, actually, Carlos and I, do you know Carlos Houston? I do. I do very well. Okay, so Carlos and I, um, you know, we started Food, Faith, and Feelings uh, last December. And so on that on that day or the day wow. after we spoke about it on our show. So amazing. I'd like for you, yeah, I, I think it's like the most amazing thing. Yeah. And I'm so honored to know you and so proud of you. 
um, as a fellow person who's trying to give back from my own struggles as well. Uh Um, Tell us a little bit more about you and Kitty Weston and just everything that you guys have done. Sure. So, um, you know, Kitty Weston has really been our fierce leader for the last 16 years. I believe it was two months after um, Anna died. She actually went to D.C. for the first time um, and so, started to... So I'm going to... I'm gonna. I'm sorry, I'm going inter- to interrupt you, but I want sure. you to back up because not everyone knows the story of um, Anna and Anna Weston Absolutely. Foundation and Kitty. So start back. Absolutely. So start with that. So Anna Weston was an amazing young woman who uh, was, was unfortunately... Um, between the perfect storm that is, you know, what causes eating disorders, um, struggled with eating disorders for, for a significant amount of time. And because of, of insurance's lack of access to care was denied care. And um, Anna ultimately took her life because of her eating disorder. Um, and Kitty Weston really became a fierce advocate at that time to just show that it's not okay. Um, people deserve to have care. Um, and so she contacted um, her legislators at the time and Paul Wellstone was actually um, one of her legislators um, and who ultimately ended up um, dying in a plane crash, but became really the hallmark of advocacy for mental health. Um, he was actually um, the author um, and therefore named after mental health parity moving forward. And so Kitty Weston came to Capitol Hill and was one of the founders of the Eating Disorders Coalition. And I remember it must have been about a year after the coalition was founded, was my first time in Washington, D.C. And and Jeannie, I have to be honest, I was so that person that um, (laughs) slept through American government. And I remember I actually had the book, you know, Government for Dummies. Like I was reading it on the way to D.C. for the first time. And I love this story. It's it's really true. You sound just like I do. Like I didn't care a thing about government. Yeah, no, and no, I never thought like anything remotely would interest me in government. And I also, for so long, and I'm sure you can relate to this, I felt like I had no voice and I felt like mm. I didn't deserve to speak my voice. And essentially, this was an opportunity for me to speak my voice. And so that was really my first time. And something clicked inside of me. I mean, I, you know, I, I've had the, the pleasure of speaking to um, almost a quarter of a million people um, since I started the Alliance um, back in 2000. And this was different. It was making change on a federal level. And so I caught the bug and I became very active in the Eating Disorders Coalition. Um, and several years later, uh, they had started a junior board and they asked me to come on and chair the junior board. So I, be, I, I chaired that. And then a few years after that, I was asked to sit at what I call the big kids table. Um, <laughs> and I joined the board of directors. And, and over the years, you know, we've had uh, different pieces of legislation. Um, you know, we had the FREED Act for a very long time, the federal response to eliminate eating disorders that encompassed research, it encompassed outreach education, and it encompassed treatment. And we liked to refer that as our dream bill because it was so comprehensive. And yet, you know, in a very divided government, you have to basically find find what can work and, and start with baby steps. And so um, my congressman um, down in South Florida um, became very impassioned. I think I was definitely what I call his squeaky wheel because, you know, time after time I would go see him in his office. I would come, I would see him in his local office. 
Um, and literally six years ago when that session started, he called me and said, you know, Joanna, um, Sammy Baldwin, who had been our, our, our lead, moved over to the Senate. And, and so he said to me, I would like to be your champion on Capitol Hill. Mm which was honestly one of the most humbling experiences of my life. And so I worked very closely with Congressman Deutsch. We also got another Florida congresswoman to be our Republican co-chair, co-sponsor. And ultimately, the Anna Weston Act was birthed, um, and we graciously asked um, you know, Kitty if we could, we could name the bill after Anna, and she I, I, we were taken, taken, our, our breaths were taken away when she said yes. And mm. so that's where the Anna Weston Act um, originated. And then, you know, towards the end of last year, um, you know, we had quite a bit of support for the Anna Weston Act, but the Anna Weston Act was actually rolled into what was then known as mental health reform. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end of, of the session, the mental health reform was actually um, rolled into the 21st Century Cures Act. And I have to tell you, Jeannie, sitting in the Senate House, Senate Senate building, watching the vote happen and seeing that moment where it overwhelmingly passed and to know that this bill that we had been advocating for for 15 years was now not just a bill, but it was law. Um, in some way, it made my struggle worth it um, to have gone through it and to have been able to do something. And for you know the ten or so you know board members that were there, there are millions of people that have used their voice, that have written letters, um, and that had all we all were led by the amazing, amazing individual, my hero, Kitty, Kitty Weston. And you know it it was really probably one of the the highlights of my life. You know um, so. It's been a it's been a whirlwind, and now we have definitely a new set of stuff to work with. Um, but we're still going to continue to use our voice. And for anybody who's who's listening out there, do not be afraid to use your voice. Um, whether it is through advocacy, whether it's through sharing your story, whether it's writing a letter, writing a blog, um, I will tell you that throughout my time at the coalition, and definitely with the Alliance for Eating Disorders, um, it's really been um, my biggest gift. Um, that that came from my struggle. And um, it really not only catapulted me into recovery, it catapulted me into my life. And so I'm so, so grateful for it. Well, I love, I was actually going to bring up the use your voice. Like that is um, a huge theme for eating disorder recovery and definitely love your body month. Um, So so tell, tell me, what would you, what do you encourage people through your your speaking engagements, um, thinking about Love Your Body Month, what is something that you would like to tell our listeners um, about that? So one of one of the, the biggest hurdles for me to overcome, or that I, I overcame during my my struggle, um, was feeling like I didn't deserve. Whether it was um, I didn't deserve to be happy, I didn't deserve to feel okay in my body. Um, first and foremost, we all deserve to be happy and healthy. Um, You know, I have this saying in our group room here that says, what makes you so dang special? And, um, you know, we say that with so much love because I think for so long, I kept on saying I was the exception. You know, everybody around me deserved to feel happy. Everybody around me deserved to love their body. Everybody around me. But yet when I turned the mirror to myself, I felt like I had a different set of rules. Um, So I would say that to, to your listeners with so much love is what makes you so dang special. You do deserve to be loved. You do deserve to love you. To love you, you do deserve to love your body. Um, 
another thing that that have that I've really come to the point of of being a, a great peace and respect for my body is that, you know, for um, for more than 20 years, I was told that I would never be able to have children because of my eating disorder, because that the havoc, um, the eating disorder wreaked on my body. And as you know, Jeannie, um, you have in, a baby? Uh, in July of last year, yes. I, I welcomed a beautiful little girl named Annabelle. And for me, it just showed me how resilient our bodies are and, and how recovery, as much as we think that it ends, it just keeps on going. Um, we have one body, you know, as much as, as I would love to at times, even today, you know, I have the, the, the case of the ics every once in a while because I recovered to life, not, not utopia. Right. Um, you know, I'm so, I'm so, so grateful for the body I was given. Um, I can't exchange it. It's the one that I have, and it really has enabled me to do so much good. Um, my legs have enabled me to walk through the halls of Congress, to walk next to all the amazing women, men, children, you know, women in their 80s, men in their 80s that have struggled with eating disorders allowed me to walk next to them on their journey. So I think my, 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 my biggest piece of information, I don't want to say advice because it's not what I'm doing, is just um, give yourself permission to, to be in peace and respect the body that you're in is would probably be my, my, my biggest um, information to share. Love it. I love it. And I love that um, February is, you know, not just Valentine's Day, but mm-hmm. Valentine's Day can also be turned towards the self, you know, absolutely love yourself, absolutely. love your body, love the skin you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Joanna, I really, um, really appreciate you taking some time and being on our show. Um, I will definitely let you know when it's going to air. I'm not exactly awesome. sure because I'm doing four interviews today. <laughs> Um, awesome. And um, just I, I appreciate everything that you're doing for the world of eating disorders for not just women, but for men and for families and um, just, you know, for just the humanity as a whole. And I think everything that you're doing, you're using your voice in such a wise way. And um, I certainly appreciate it as someone who had to figure out where her how her voice needed to sound as well. <laughs> Uh, totally. I, I get that. And I, I just thank you so much for your beautiful words. They really mean a lot. And I just, you know, I, I, I hope that we continue to be able to connect and, and you know, work together. And um, yeah, oh. just thank you for everything that you're doing. And I thank you. I appreciate you. So, could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. NISA is a capital company that helps connect those who are from countries outside of the United States to access funding and legal assistance using specific programs that are flexible in order to enhance a project's success. NISA Capital is a global professional services firm that's headquartered in Atlanta and has locations in Miami, India, China, Korea, Vietnam, and Latin America. 
Hard exercise works. They believe in really hard exercise and the relentless pursuit of excellence. Results are earned, not given. Group training can be personal and fun. I personally love hard exercise works. It has helped me to get back into shape. I don't focus on my food. I focus on the workout and I feel stronger and I feel healthier and happier. And that's what it's about. Hard Exercise Works in Johns Creek. Welcome back to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, walking with you on your journey to wholeness. I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett. Uh, You know, I haven't told you guys about myself and why we're doing this show. And I thought, because this is Love Your Body Month, and it's the focus on eating disorders that it would be a great time for you guys to understand a little bit about the heart and the the mind behind this. Uh, I had an eating disorder starting when I was eight. I was a, a gymnast. I was a gymnast from eight to 14, and I started my eating disorder when I was 14. I stopped doing the gymnastics, and my body changed because I wasn't working out six times a week, three or four hours a day. And so I developed anorexia because a family member told me that I was looking fat. She used the F word with me. So I didn't like that. I felt unloved and not good enough. And so I decided that I was going to be good enough. And unfortunately, the prevention technique that my school was using to teach people about eating disorders in our health class actually gave me the idea of developing the eating disorder. So I was anorexic first. And then about nine months later, I became bulimic because I lost so much weight and I recognized that I wasn't fat anymore. I couldn't be at the weight that I was at. And then I gave myself permission to eat. And so from there, I would eat and then I got afraid of gaining weight. And so I decided to start purging in several different ways. And so that is a horrid, horrid cycle to be in. And, you know, it's gross. Like I felt gross and not good enough and uncomfortable in my skin. And so I finally I read about this. This is in the the early 80s. And so I read about this in a magazine and when I discovered what I was doing, I told my mom and I was like, mom, this is this is what's going on in my life. And so she started putting me in therapy. I and when I was 15, I ended up going into the hospital because back then we didn't have treatment centers. We had a hospital. And so they had a specific program in Kansas City where I lived. And I went through the program in six and a half weeks, turned 16 in the hospital And um, when I got out, I thought I was going to be fine. But three weeks later, I got back into the habit. And so the last year and a half of high school, I was still bulimic. And then when I went into college, between my freshman and sophomore years in college, my dad found a program for me that um, really changed my life. And so I, I, I have this long personal history of having an eating disorder and then once I stopped having my my eating disorder I continued in therapy to 
work through the the issues that had kind of underli- was underlying my eating disorder. So number one, I do believe in full recovery and I believe that for everyone. And one of the reasons why I started the Mana Fund 11 years ago was because I felt like there people don't have access to treatment. As a psychologist now, um, working with people with eating disorders, I would have people come into my office that needed more treatment than what I could provide. And ethically, I had a responsibility for finding them that treatment. What I found, though, was that I would try and put them in treatment and they would get kicked out either because they didn't have enough money or the insurance wouldn't pay. And so I got angry and decided to start the MANA fund. And I don't know if you guys know what MANA means, but it means a gift from God, bread of life, gift from heaven. And essentially it is when the Israelites were in the desert and God wanted them to learn to depend on him. He used two generations of people to provide for them every single day. And what he gave them was the bread from heaven every day on the on the desert floor, and that's what they ate. And literally, manna means what is it? But it also means, it translates to, like I said, gift of life and bread from heaven. And so that's what the manna fund is designed to do, is to provide a gift to people who are in the desert, don't know how to eat, they, they look to their own devices to figure out how to cope in their life and how to survive. And God wants us to truly just depend on him for our daily provision. And so that's what MANA is about. We are a national program. We have a local program in Atlanta where we provide uh, partial hospitalization and intensive outpatient programming. And we also nationally provide treatment Uh, across the nation for people who have residential treatment needs. Um, We've helped about 30 people uh, across the United States and about 30 people just since last March in our local program. So that is what MANA is about. Um, We have a huge need for funding, obviously. We are going through some accreditation right now. And so we would love your support if you go to manafund.org. M-A-N-N-A fund.org, then you can send us an email. You can send us some, some money. What We would love your sponsorship for the show if you like what you're hearing. And so we would greatly appreciate it. And uh, I'm so, so delighted to be able to work with all of the nonprofits across the country in sharing what their mission and their vision is to help others. And our verse of the week is from Deuteronomy 8, 3. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Thanks for listening this week. Have a great one.